Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Welcome to Christmas morning. This is one of the highest, most holy days in the Christian calendar. And it's often missed in the push and shove of all of our preparations for Christmas. And yet, there are some very simple things about this day that are really important to take a good look at. So we'll do that for a while. And before we do, just thank you to all of you who have been giving throughout this year so that we can continue to reach new places We've heard from new countries this week. We've heard from new uh, cities in the United States this week. And thank you. Thank you for reaching into prisons, reaching into the places where we've never been able to get before. And thank you for those who give, whether it's through Tithely or the church app or PayPal or who send us a a check. It means a lot. And thank you, because now we can enter this new world and this new year excited for what's whatever God has planned next. You see, this whole thing is impossible. But so is the story that we tell ourselves. That's impossible as well. This is a very simple story of Christmas Day, and yet impossibly complicated and just impossible. If you've not listened to our Christmas Eve service, I I suggest you might want to do that. The lesson there is a story that has captured my head and my heart over the last several of years. And so I might think, all right, then today what remains to be said? To review, we believe. We believe the impossible. I have no problem at all saying that the story of Jesus is impossible. And yet, I believe it. In fact, the more we see of the vastness and majesty of the universe, the cauldrons of fire and the impossibly tall towers that are firing out stars like shotguns endlessly blasting into the darkness of the cosmos the more I believe it's a sign of ignorance to not believe the impossible we're time travelers every time we go out at night we look up and we see the stars we're seeing light from stars that no longer exist and we're also Not seeing stars that have been there for millions of years, but the light hasn't appeared to us yet. When you look up in the sky, you are seeing a picture of the past. And yet we are here. Wow. In this universe, God came. He took the tiny molecules that form things on this planet, and he formed a body in which his son, our Savior, our Messiah, lived. And that body felt pain, joy, tasted food, drank vinegar mixed with gall on the cross. He sweated under the heat of the sun. He felt the rushing waters of the Jordan roll over him as he was baptized by John. All of these things are wonderful. And amazing and impossible 
and true. I've often used this illustration when talking about why I believe. You can, you can measure a story's power and its realism by what impact it has. Think of you being in a large rowboat out in a lake that is so large you do not see land in any direction. When suddenly a wave comes, this is not a dramatic wave, it's not going to kill you, but it's a very impressive wave, a six to eight foot wave out of nowhere rolling across the surface of the sea. And it hits your boat and you hold on and you might lose a bit of the fishing tackle, but it then goes on and you watch it rolling past with speed and height not abating. And then you wonder, where did that come from? Well, there are many answers that would be ridiculous. You know, a bird landed somewhere. No. A little bit of wind. No. You could come up with some reasonable ones. Maybe an earthquake under the ground. Those certainly cause waves. Or there could have been an explosion. Somebody blew up something underwater. That could do it. There might have been a mighty freighter that made one big hard pass and outside of your ability to see, but the, the wave continued. You see, here's the thing. Whatever answer you come up with must be a sufficient first cause for the wave's existence, power, and speed. When we talk about the story of Jesus, it seems impossible. A young girl giving birth to a boy she was yet a virgin, and yet it happened. And it's in this little tiny town that really very few people had ever heard of, and even fewer cared about. And then that baby was Almighty God who actually made the universe into which he just stepped. It sounds impossible. But wherever this story has gone, there has been freedom, human rights, civil rights, the elevation of women, the ending of slavery, all of these occurring sometimes very much way too slowly, but it still happens. And you can look at a map of the world to this very day and see where the freedoms are and where the people are valued. And you see it overlays the same area where Jesus went, where his story is told. His story seems impossible, but it changes every place it hits. I want to spend just a little bit of time today on this very busy Christmas morning on how exactly impossible this story is. You see, it's not primarily about a baby in a manger, although that's well and good. It's not about talking animals. It's not about visits, visits from the east or angels singing in the air. Instead, I'd like to focus on a line taken from one of our most dearly loved and most frequently sung carols. You've heard it here. Silent Night. The last verse has these beautiful lyrics. Silent Night, Holy Night, Son of God, Love's pure light, radiant beams from thy loving face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord at thy birth, Jesus, Lord at thy birth. I'm still stunned by the beauty of the weight of that verse. The birth of Jesus was the dawn 
of redeeming grace. We find grace again and again in the Hebrew scriptures, no doubt. But grace is embodied in the person of Jesus. He is the demonstration of God's love for us. Listen to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Listen to this carefully. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. God spoke to us in a lot of different ways, but then Jesus comes. And Hebrews hits this again and again. Jesus is what God looks like, acts like, sounds like. Jesus is what grace looks like, acts like, and sounds like. If we focus solely on the baby in the manger, we might lose the power of the story and the weight of this event. Jesus was a baby, yes, for a time, but he was Lord at his birth. He was Lord before his birth. And he remains Lord to this very day. To give structure to the point I'm trying to make, I want you to think, think of three words. Cradle, cross, crown. As a frequent traveler in the British Isles and one time uh, resident there, I think of the way they name English pubs, you know, the cross and the crown or the goose and the barley. They, they, they put these together and I thought cradle, cross and crown would be a great name for a pub. But it's also kind of a roadmap and a fortune telling for all of us. The cradle, cross and crown encapsulates Christ's life, but it also encapsulates your life and mine. Jesus didn't just come down here to save us or to defeat death. Hey, either one of those, it's worth the trip for us. And we would be very, very happy that he came and we would worship him every day because of that. But that's not all he came to do. He also came to show us how to live while we're here. Because to get from the cradle to the crown, there will be a cross and there may be many crosses. In fact, in the book of Revelation, Jesus points out to John the Revelator, these people that are singing and joyful in heaven. And John goes, well, who are these? And the angel says, these are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation. What great tribulation was that? Life. Sometimes life itself is enough of a cross. Sometimes there are events that we can absolutely say, that's my cross to bear. But from the cradle to the crown, there's a cross. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus. 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, hello Christmas, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He didn't just teach us or just save us. He taught us. Our sweet songs about the baby are fine, really. Love him. But only if we remember the other parts of this story. His teachings. His struggles. In a world that didn't believe him. Didn't believe his story. Didn't believe Mary's story. Didn't believe stories about his parentage. He, they, they looked upon his many acts of kindness and grace. And they didn't. They weren't impressed. He reached out. To the very people that the culture, the good, the religious people had left behind. The unwelcome. The unvalued. And he walked up and down the mountain. And came down right into the hands of the mob on purpose. Diverting them away from his friends. He gave himself up willingly. Took the pain. Took the humiliation. And launched himself. Father into thy hands I commend my spirit. And into the void. He went dark. From Friday to Sunday morning. Emerging from the grave. Scarred. But unbroken. And still Lord. Ascending to heaven. Interceding for us. Cheering for us. Covering us with grace. And giving us a name. An identity. A meaning. And a task. You see, we too must walk through an impossible story. We must take our fragile, imperfect lives and channel the love and grace of Jesus the best we can. Although no one in the history of, of humanity has ever done the best they can. It's just an expression saying, give it a go. We must remain faithful even as death approaches. A natural death or maybe even a death caused or occasioned because of our faith in Jesus. We're well aware that some of you watching today are watching on encrypted apps in places where speaking of Jesus openly and your faith in him might bring a cross into your life in a terrible way. But those of us who make the journey, whatever lies before us, only then do we receive the crown. Only then do we co-reign with Jesus after we've been through this great tribulation, life. Did I say co-reign? Yeah, I did. That's another part of this really impossible story. It, it just, it seems too good to be true. But 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 this Paul is quoting here 
a hymn that the Christians were already singing when he wrote this somewhere around 58, 59 AD. Christians were already singing this hymn. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. Please go back to that verse 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. It's true. We see this in scripture that when we all get to heaven, as the old song said, Jesus steps from his throne and hands his throne back to God. And he walks among us as equals, brothers and sisters. And that sounds impossible, but it's true. Jesus didn't remain a baby. And he wasn't a baby before he got here. He came in the most vulnerable, unthreatening way possible. And while that sometimes really befuddles my mind and why he wouldn't come with great shows of power, I really, I really can't question him. He's shown his wisdom time after time. And in all of my arguments with God, eventually I find out God was the right one in the right. You'd think I'd learn to quit arguing, but maybe I'm a slow learner. Still, even though he came in the form of a baby, And we celebrate that on Christmas Day. He also showed his power over creation by stilling the storms, removing disease and disability, changing water into wine, and bringing Lazarus alive again out of the tomb. He also showed his power by forgiving the unforgiven, loving the unloved, accepting the unaccepted, And all the while, he was showing us the way to live from the cradle, through the cross, to the crown. And that is our story. By believing it and living it, we take what seems impossible and we make it possible. We do not do that alone. Jesus sent rather the Holy Spirit to hover over us just as he hovered over the chaos of creation, just as he hovered over Bethlehem. And in fact, those who are baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are told that they now become the residents of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They live in us. They make the impossible, oh my, possible, but it will not be easy. There will be a lot of things occurring between this Christmas and next. And, and some of them, most of them will just be routine. And some of them will be a lot of fun. But some of them might be very, very painful. And that cross is still there, still out there to remind us of that. But the way of the cross leads to the crown. An old story, an old song by Jesse Pounds. He wrote it in 1906. And it's known In older churches. We're going to sing it here in just a bit. The way of the cross. Leads home. I believe it. And as we look at the baby Jesus today. And celebrate him. Remember who he was before he got here. Remember he was Lord. At his birth. And remember he is Lord now. 
And that he turned to us after forgiving the unforgiving and loving the unloved and serving the unserved and said, follow me. Be the exact representation of the grace of God. Follow me. There might be a cross or two in the way, but there is also a crown. If we go from cradle cross faithfully, the crown is there. May God bless you and give you a very Merry Christmas.